Well, I'm excited to be here. I guess, um, the, where's the pastor from Tallahassee? Okay, there you are. So I guess we represent North Florida, right? The Panhandle area. Um, so we've, we've pretty much got the state covered here tonight, don't we? West Coast, East Coast, North, South. And uh, I think that God wants to move in a, a pretty phenomenal way. Um, let me just say this is that I do have books. I'm not going to sit up here and do a long book advertisement, but I do have books in the back that I want to make you aware of. Um, I want to highlight one particular. Um, is a, uh, I have a book, uh, my first book on dreams and visions, um, understanding the voice of the Lord in dreams and visions. I just want to encourage you. I believe that God's getting ready to pour out a double portion prophetic anointing, especially on the central part to the south part. I feel like the north part has really moved forward, but I feel like the central part to the south part, there's always been this little bit of resistance against the prophetic in the state. And I just believe that God's saying, I'm, get, I'm getting ready to blow your mind. And I'm getting ready to bring you into a double portion anointing of outpouring and of revelation, just like, just like Apostle Ken was saying tonight. And so um, if, you, if you need to get equipped with understanding your dreams and visions, you can pick that up. There's one called the Deborah Company, which is about what God is doing with women in this day and time. And um, believe it or not, I still show up and I still minister places where they say, you know what? We don't really believe in women preachers. So could you just share and I say, yeah, I could share. Sounds a lot like my preaching, but I can share if that makes them feel better. Anyway, it's what God's doing with, with women today. I like to market that book. I'd like to say, men, if you buy this book, you will understand everything there is to know about women. But that's probably really not true, so I can't do that. Um, and then my husband has a book on uh, keys to, to apostolic reformation that are basically the anointings that have rested on Christian international ministry. And then I have a book called The Cyrus Decree. Um, I wrote it 20 years ago, and I believe that we are now in the Cyrus season. Amen? And so if you really want to kind of understand some things, uh, pick that book up, and you'll understand a greater dy dynamic about the Cyrus anointing. But there's another book back there that is a compilation of the Word of the Lord for 2019 that's come from a lot of very strong prophetic voices um, for this particular year. So how many here consider yourself to be watchmen? Okay, then I'm in the right place because I've got a message for you tonight. How many consider yourself to be intercessors? Watchmen intercessors? How many don't know what you are? Okay, we're going to try to get you set tonight. Um, it's, it's so interesting. I want you to go with me to um, Psalms chapter 85. Um, was that a good enough advertisement? I think I got all kinds of stuff out there. So I, that's all the time I really want to spend. But um, the, Lord, the Lord kind of had me go to Psalms uh, 85 during our worship time. And I, it's, it just cracks me up, you know, how God speaks and God just confirms his word different ways. But I want you to read the first line of Psalms 85. It says, Lord, you have been favorable to your land. How many just heard Apostle Ken say that the, the heavens are favorable over Florida tonight? Amen? And I just want to read this, and I want us, uh, I'm not going to really preach out of this. I love this chapter, but I want to read it as a declaration over the state of Florida. And uh, watchmen and intercessors and pastors, I'm going to encourage you to kind of go through and unpack this particular passage of Scripture, because I believe that it is a decree over our state. It says, Lord, you've been favorable to your land. You've brought back the captivity of Jacob. You've forgiven the iniquity of your people. You've covered all their sin. You've taken away all your wrath. You've turned from the fierceness of your anger. Now listen to this. Restore us, O God of our salvation, 
and cause your anger towards us to cease. How many feel that favor shift over the nation? How many feel that favor shift in the spirit? Amen. And it says this, show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped the most important part. It says, um, will, you, will you not revive us again? Say that with me. Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you. Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what the Lord God will speak, for he will speak peace. Everybody say, speak peace. He will speak peace to his people and to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. I want us to say that glory may dwell in Florida. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Let's say Florida will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. How many believe that God is decreeing over our state, and I really believe over the United States of America, that glory will dwell in our land? Amen? Because we have to understand we are not going to turn this thing around because we have a good idea. We're not going to turn this thing around because we do a good program. Come on, we're going to turn this thing around when glory comes and it begins to dwell in our land. Now, if you'll look back up, uh, of course it says it's talking about God reviving us. God is bringing us into a season of incredible revival. And the, the, one of the things that the Lord said to me for this year is he said, I, I was praying last fall and I felt the challenge of the Lord say, I want you to challenge my people that we are coming out of survival into revival. Now listen, when you go through something that's hard, it is good to survive. <laughs> Come on. It is good to survive when you've had to get by, when you've had to struggle but we are never made to live in survival. God wants to wake us up out of survival and bring us into a revival mentality. Take us out of surviving into thriving. Out of, out of besiegement into breakthrough. Out of just recovering into a new season of prophetically discovering what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. Now, when I say out of survival into revival, if you've been in the church long at all, everybody kind of pops up and thinks of, you know, revival in a traditional sense where night after night of meeting and we have a great time. But do you know statistically churches that experience mass revival end up smaller after the revival than before the revival? I really believe that God is not just interested in bringing us into revival, but God wants to bring us in to awakening. We've got to get an awakening mindset. And so when the Lord said, and this is what I preach, I, I actually preach and say things like, let's not pray just for revival, let's pray for awakening. What's the difference? The difference, I believe, is that an awakening is an epidemic revival. It's never just located in one place. It's that if I get the spirit of revival on me, and I get around AJ, then I, then I contaminate him. Come on, with the spirit of revival. 
he catches it. Then everywhere he goes, he spreads it. Then everywhere those people go, they spread it. That's what we need to turn this nation around. Charles Finney said in the Second Great Awakening, he said, revival touches the heart of a man, but an awakening touches the heart of a nation. We've got to get an awakening mindset. And so I was actually a little stunned when the Lord said, I want you to tell my people come out of survival into revival. And so I looked up this word revival, and it literally means to bring things back from the dead. It means to wake them up, to cause them to thrive, to cause them to come alive. I believe that God has a call to his church in this season of time that the church is being called out of a place of just surviving. I believe we're coming into a time where we're going to pray a lot more revival prayers than survival prayers. Come on, when we're struggling in our health, we pray survival prayers. When we're struggling in our finances, we pray survival prayers. Come on, when you're battling against darkness, you end up praying survival prayers. And I believe that God's saying, I want to bring you out of that mentality and into a mentality where you're praying revival prayers, awakening prayers, advancing prayers for the kingdom of God. Do you know that the word revival also means to set new things in motion? This is a year that God's setting new things in motion. God's giving fresh assignments. God's taking things that we've done in the past and reordering them. How many like change? <laughs> we were talking about this on the way. Do you know statistically, statistically, those that study personality say only 3% of the population likes change. I'm a prophet, but I will tell you, I actually don't like change. I think I like change until change starts happening. Or, to be honest, I like change when it happens to somebody else. <laughs> Seriously, okay? And so what we've got to understand is that God's going to make us uncomfortable in this. Yeah, it's revival. And then God says, yeah, that means change. God's going to stretch us out of our comfort zone. We cry out, we say, revive us, O oh God. Come on, one of the words that, that is used to describe revival means recovery. Now, we are in the panhandle of Florida that got hit by Hurricane Michael last fall, six months ago yesterday. Still, if you drive through Panama City and Callaway, it still looks like a bomb went off. We were in the national news for about three minutes, and we've got years ahead of recovery. One of our churches took a direct hit, the eye of the storm, which when they upgrade it, you're going to find it was actually a Category 5 storm because most of the, the wind monitors actually have registered wind speeds over 155 mile an hour winds. And it just left devastation. But I'll tell you, our church in Callaway, which took the heart of the storm, had, a, had no damage to their sanctuary at all. They have a glass foyer that was intact. And we saw God do so many miracles in the midst of that. And, you know, the, our, our pastor that's over there, Pastor Robert Gay, the Lord gave him a word when he started studying recovery. He started studying, studying you know, I'll restore to you what the locusts have eaten. I'll restore to you. Come on, how many have been through some years where you felt like there were some locusts that were eating some stuff? There was, the, you, had some, you had some survival years. Come on. Well, he studied this word restore, and he studied through it throughout the Old Testament. And he found this very interesting word that is used when it talks about restore. 
And it is used mostly in the book of Leviticus. And when it's saying, if, if somebody, you know, steals your goat, then they have to replace it with five goats. If somebody steals your cattle, they have to replace it with seven cattle. Okay? And this word restore is the Hebrew word shalam. Not shalom, not shalom, but shalam. Just say it. It feels good. Shalam. Bam. Shalam. Okay. One of the scriptures says, if somebody steals a lamb, they must restore seven lambs. And my husband turned over and said to me, that's a bam shalam a lamb. Okay. So we, what, what this word shalam means, and I want you to have this in your understanding of what God's moving us into in this season, is that sh this word shalam actually means to restore more than before. To restore better than before. Amen. How many believe that God can actually bring us, the church, into a season where anything the enemy has stolen from us over this last season of survival, that we're going to actually come into a shalam season where we're going to see God restore more than before, restore better than before, and it shifts us out of a survival mentality into a mentality that says, I'm going to arise and thrive. Amen. And so tonight, I'm going to be talking to the watchmen and the intercessors. Because I feel, like, I feel like we are coming into a very important year. Not just this year, but next year. Um, how many of you live along the I-4 corridor? Do you all know where you live? Because I just heard where you're all from. How many of you live along the I-4 corridor? Do you realize that the I-4 corridor is the hinge on the swing state? Did you know that? I mean, historically, North Florida votes one way, South Florida votes another way, and it depends on how the I-4 corridor votes that depends on how elections swing. I'm not going to get political on you tonight, but we're in a very important time in history. Okay, we're at a very important time, and I believe that we've got to understand how to align with heaven, and so God is going to call, I really believe, uh, um, this place to set a watch. And when I heard him saying that, I didn't know that, but I felt like there's going to be a very specific watch that God's going to bring that's going to make sure Florida shifts the right way. And when I say God's going to have them set a watch, the watch calls the watchman. It doesn't mean they do all the work. It means those of you that are gathered are going to have to drive in at some point to just take time to serve your time on the watch, to serve your time on the wall. Because I believe that it's very strategic that God has planted them here in this I-4 corridor to gather the watchmen so that the watchmen can pray to make sure that Florida shifts the right direction. Let me tell you something fun that happened last week. My husband actually uh, took a team over, a team of prophets, into our capital last week and opened the legislative session in prayer. He didn't pray some nice, sweet, Jesus loves me prayer. He called down the government of God over our state. Amen? And then, before and after that time, he was in and out of representatives' offices, uh, senators' offices. And you know what they were doing? They were prophesying over our leaders. They were prophesying over our legislators. They were bringing the word of the Lord to those that sit in Tallahassee. Some of the people had no idea what hit them, but it hit them. 
How many know this revival is going to look a lot different? Because we're going to have revival breaking out in Capitol buildings. We're going to have revival breaking out in unusual places, not just inside the church. And so God is calling for the watchmen. And there's going to be specific seasons of watching for specific reasons. And I believe that the Lord's going to really begin to download his heart for this state because I believe Florida, once again, is going to be a key state in the 2020 season, election season. If you don't feel that urgency already, I'm here to help you feel that urgency. Okay? Um, and, and to wake up the watchmen. To wake up the watchmen. See, what the enemy's done, and I'm going to share a little bit about this tonight, is that the enemy has gotten us so much focused on our stuff. I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Listen, I had to battle, two years ago, I had to battle for the life of my daughter. I shared that testimony here. My daughter was diagnosed with two aneurysms inside her brain sack, 33 years old. The doctor said if it, if it, if it ruptured, it would kill her immediately. Let me tell you, you can be a prophet to the nations and traveling the world, but let me tell you, my heart was all about praying for my daughter. And I want you to, to give you a great report that my daughter uh, went in and had about her fourth or fifth test. And in the fourth or fifth test, I flew up to be with her. They took a camera in, went around her brain. And at the end of that day, the doctor said, I have no idea what happened, but the aneurysms are gone. So I just want to tell you. I get it when we get, when we get shifted into having to battle for our families or battle for our health, or battle, but we've got to understand that there's a higher purpose that God needs us to get focused about in this next season of time. You know, as I said, we were, we were driving here. I, I actually watched on the news last night about the launch of this Falcon Heavy. Yeah, Falcon Heavy. And I was like, oh, I was preaching at our church last night. I said, oh, I'm going to miss it. That's too bad. And so came today and, and we were on our way here and we were like, oh, what is everybody looking up at? Because everybody was like pointing in the sky and we're looking and we don't see anything. And all of a sudden we see this thing in the sky and I said, oh, it looks like it's on fire. Oh my goodness. You know, either we're going to have a plane crash or something else is going. And then it dawned on us that it's probably a rocket launch. Okay. A blonde moment. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so we do have to understand that I think that God did kind of strategically time that. And before I knew that we were going to be witnessing a launch, I felt like the Lord said this afternoon when I was praying, he said, look at where I planted this house of watchmen. I planted them in Satellite Beach. So, of course, I did what any normal prophet would do, and I Googled Satellite. I'm <laughs> just being honest here, okay? Okay, so this is what a satellite does, Okay. There's different kinds of satellites. Um, there are military satellites, which are governance satellites. I want you to think of the satellite as a watchman function. Military satellites, civilian satellites. As, a, as a, Apostle Ken said, there are communication satellites. We're going to get into that one tonight in just a little bit. But that's really a, um, a control of the airwaves which we've got to battle over, okay? There's navigation satellites, which are a prophetic function that help us to find our direction. There are weather satellites, because I love the weather channel, 
But there are weather satellites that control the atmosphere. They don't control it, but they, 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 they take the temperature in the atmosphere. And then there are space telescopes, which is the prophetic that looks in to the unseen realm. And see, I, I really believe that God is calling for watchmen along this I-4 corridor and from throughout the state to join in a watch over this state for the next 20 months. 2020, really towards the end of 2020. I feel like we're going to have to watch and pray even past the election. I, I hope that that doesn't mean what we had in 2000, okay? But I will say that what happened in 2000 was prophetically decreed and prayed over, saturated in prayer, long before we ever got there. You see, the Lord started speaking to us up in the panhandle, and during a time of prayer with our, our watchmen, the Lord said, I have placed you in a governmental foundational gateway of our nation. When the Lord said that, we laughed. Because honestly, in 1996 and 1997, the only thing that we had in our area was pine trees and beautiful white sand beaches. And yet the Lord says, I put you in a governmental gateway. So we had to kind of study and unpack what the Lord says. Sometimes God will speak and you don't always immediately understand what the Lord is saying. But we've got to bear the responsibility to study and to pray. And so um, as we studied it out, of course, then it came to our understanding that the very first incorporated city of the entire continental United States is St. Augustine. Where's St. Augustine? Where are you guys? All right. Is St. Augustine. And the oldest continuously settled colony is actually in Pensacola. So from St. Augustine to Pensacola is a foundational governmental gateway in this nation right here in the state of Florida. Do you know it predates Jamestown by about 80 years? How many of you knew that? See, we've got to understand the state to which God has called us to be watchmen on the wall. We've got to understand that we are the forerunner state. We've got to understand that our state motto is the exact same motto as the United States of America. We declare in God we trust. We've got to understand where God has put us. And so in, in 1998, we started gathering watchmen and leaders uh, in Tallahassee because Bishop Hammond went to uh, the Tallahassee State Capitol and began to prophesy that there were decisions that were coming from the Tallahassee Supreme Court that were going to determine an outcome in the next election. That was in 1998. So we started gathering watchmen and intercessors based on that word. We started bringing Chuck in. We had a gathering in the summer of 1999. And then in September of 1999, we were gathered together. We probably had two or 300 pastors, leaders, watchmen, intercessors. And as we were gathered together, Chuck gets up and prophesies one of his prophecies. You know what I mean by Chuck, okay? You're like, wow, that was so anointed. I have no idea what that means, right? Okay, that's a Chuck Pierce prophecy. Okay, let's just be honest, okay? I could take 25 pages of notes and be like, oh, this is amazing. I have no idea what he just said, okay? <laughs> you really need the gift of interpretation, okay? But I felt a lot better one time I said that to Chuck, and he said, don't worry, half the time I don't know what I'm saying either. So, but he gives, he gives this prophecy, and he says, he says, I'm getting ready to turn the eyes of the nation upon the state of Florida. And he says, the first thing that I'm going to do 
is I'm going to cause, now this is the first weekend in September. Think of this in terms of football season. He says, I'm getting ready to cause, cause the football team from this city. Oh, okay. The football team from this city to go all the way to the national championship and win it. I see some gators. Oh, I just felt the anointing lift. Okay, y'all got to stay with me, okay? 1999. September 1999. Is that right? Is that right? Wow. See, God cares about football. I'm just saying, okay? But he said, but, but Chuck, Chuck said this. He said, he said, I'm going to cause the team from this city to go all the way to the national championship and win it, and that will bring the eyes of the nation upon this city. He said, but ultimately what I'm going to do is I will bring the eyes of the world upon this state because it will be from the capital of this state that I will next determine who sits in the White House of the United States of America. How many understand God does nothing but he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets? Now, I believe that if we pray now, we don't have to have some big event later. And, and we were just coming into the understanding of our watchman role back in those days. But I want you to, to know, in the year of 2000, in January, Florida State did, in fact, win the national championship. Hallelujah. So then we had a major gathering in March, and we called it the High Place of the Nation Conference, which is kind of funny, because the Florida State Capitol is the lowest elevation of any capital in America. God's irony, right? But we called it the High Place of the Nation Conference. And so we went there. We had two or three days of meetings with Chuck and some different ones. And then the last morning, on Saturday morning, we set our praise and worship, uh, uh, all of our instruments and everything, up on the, the steps of the Capitol. And for three hours, we prayed, we prophesied, and we made decrees over our state. Come on, nothing happens unless God mobilizes his people to pray. God is looking. A lot of times we're saying, oh my goodness, you know, uh, this one's doing that and this one's doing that. It should motivate us to pray. If you get frustrated by watching the news because I personally think the world has gone crazy, we need to let it motivate us to pray. Amen? And God has assembled tonight a group of watchmen that I'm going to pray for you tonight that God's going to kick you up to a whole new level of being able to see in the Spirit, of being able to operate in revelation, of being able to, to grab a hold of, uh, of heaven's decrees and understand what God is saying. Because I believe that there's a whole new prophetic download that God wants to bring. You know, there's several different words that are seen in Scripture that, that talk about or indicate the prophetic anointing. Now, the apostles and the prophets, we have to understand, are the foundation of the church, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2.20, right? But there is something that we've got to understand is that apostles without prophets can't function efficiently. Prophets without apostles get weird. Can I just say weird? Because, I mean, we've been in this thing for a long time, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, don't be weird, Okay? I've seen more weird, pathetic, not prophetic things come out of the, the central and south part of Florida. I believe that there's a turnaround coming for this state, that there's going to be some of the most powerful prophetic voices that God's going to raise up, not just from North Florida, 
But I believe from Central and South Florida, God's going to raise up some strong, integrous, powerful, prophetic voices that God wants to release into this state. Because it's going to take people prophesying on every level in this state to make sure our state aligns. Four dimensions in Scripture. One is the Roe prophet. It's, it's translated seer, R-O-E-H. It's translated seer. These are the seer prophets, okay? They tend to have lots of visions. It's very much like a chose prophet, C-H-O-Z-E-H. Chose is a seer of visions. How many here are seers of visions? In case you don't know, a vision is just God speaking to you in a picture form. You don't have to get caught in a trance. You don't have to have out-of-body experiences. You don't have to have any of that. It's just God communicating. How many, are, how many see visions? How many dream dreams? See, I think that God's going to really activate a very strong seer, prophet, anointing here. That's good news and bad news. Seer prophets have some of the most powerful revelation. I actually am a seer prophet that was trained in a Nabi prophet camp. So I'm a seer prophet. And I will tell you, I'll explain that second word in just a second. But a seer prophet sees visions. But here's what we've got to do. We've got to pray that God will sanctify our imagination. Okay, just lay your hands on your head right now. Father, I just thank you, God, that you're sanctifying our imaginations so that what we see, what we hear, what we receive from heaven, Father God, will be clear revelation, a chose uh, revelation, Father, as you speak to us in dreams and visions. In Jesus' name, amen. The Nabi prophets, N-A-B-I, is how God called prophets um, for the first half of the Old Testament. Nabi literally means to bubble up, to bubble up. So my father-in-law, who uh, Bishop Bill Hammond, who is considered to be the father of the modern prophetic movement, is a Nabi prophet. Some pe people pronounce it Nabi, okay? I don't know which one is right, Nabi, Nabi, okay? But these are prophets that lay their hands on you, and the Spirit of God bubbles up. They don't see visions. They don't have dreams. Bishop Hammond rarely has a dream. He rarely has a vision. But I will tell you that he trained a company of prophets to operate by faith. How many understand that we prophesy by faith? And so what he trained us to do is when we lay our hands on somebody, we lay our hands on and we say, and the Lord says, and we don't know what's coming next. It just bubbles up. How many have seen that, that gift function? Amen. And so there's a, a Nabi or Nabi prophet, a Roe seer prophet, a Chose prophet that's a seer of visions. And then there is a Shamar prophet. S-H-A-M-A-R. A Shamar prophet is a watchman prophet. Which I think, I felt like the Lord said, I'm assembling a gathering of watchman prophets this weekend. Okay? So look around the room. Because these are the people that are on the wall with you. In the Old Testament, they would position watchmen in two different places. They would position them on the top of a hill so they could oversee the harvest. Come on, how many believe that there's one of the greatest harvests of souls, one of the greatest awakenings? The send happened right here in the I-4 corridor. I believe that's very significant. And they positioned the watchmen on the walls. And the watchmen would look into the distance. And they would see who was coming. Is it a messenger or is it an enemy army that's coming? And the watchmen knew how to sound the alarm. 
And I believe that the enemy has worked overtime to try to shut the voice of God's Shamar prophets over this last season of time. Because let's just be honest, there were some crazy people out there that gave it a bad name. I picked up Dutch's book on the Watchmen, again, written a long time ago. But I'm telling you, there's a revival of the Shamar prophet anointing that God wants to raise up. And I believe he's, he, he's, he's breathing over this Florida area and saying, I want in this forerunner state, I want Watchmen prophets to arise to know how to pull from heaven God's governmental authority, God's communication uh, uh, patterns, God's uh, design, God's, uh, God's alignment, and that the Watchmen prophets are going to pull it from heaven and sound the alarm so that the troops can rally. This is a year of birthing. Watchmen understand birthing. Watchmen understand the times and the seasons. And so I believe that tonight as as when we pray, I believe that there's going to be a release upon your life to be, to be a, of the tribe of Issachar, that watchman, prophet, the ability to know the times and know what to do. See, we've been around the prophetic for, we've been here in Florida now 35 years. And uh, we've heard a lot of prophetic words. We've heard a lot of really powerful prophetic words. But understand this, is that a prophetic word can come and go and not impact your life because you've never aligned to it. You've never activated your faith. You've never come into agreement and mixed faith with that prophetic word. And I'm speaking of this over us individually, but I'm also speaking us corporately. We cannot assume that our nation, that the contending over our nation is done. We cannot assume that our appeal to heaven is over. As a matter of fact, I feel like we're coming into one of the greatest seasons of contending, one of the greatest seasons of pressing, one of the greatest seasons of appealing to heaven for the changing of our nation. This is no time to draw back. This is no time to get weary and well-doing. This is no time to say, well, let somebody else carry it. Every single one of us are going to have to carry our part. We're going to have to be willing to contend, to war warfare, to war with the prophetic words, to say what God has said. Years ago, I um, was in an early morning time of prayer at our church, and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, the earth has just entered a tipping point moment. And interestingly, I had been preaching the first two Sundays of that year, the Lord said, I'm getting ready to deal with the spirit of Egypt. Now, hearing that as a prophet, I began to go in and study that to somehow apply it to the people of God that I was ministering to in our church, okay? But when the Lord said, I'm dealing with the spirit of Egypt, I studied that out. I understood what was behind that, that spirit, and I had been speaking on it to our church. But that morning, the Lord said, I'm bringing the earth into a tipping point moment, and it's going to depend on how my people position themselves and how my people pray, which way it's going to tip, now, we probably all understand the concept of tipping point, right? It's like if I had a, a bottle of water up here and I just pushed it, it's going to hit a point where I can stop pushing because it's just going to fall, right? So as I was sharing this in our, our, our group of intercessors, I had this, this man that was in my group 
that worked for um, Cisco, you know, big technology company. <laughs> and I made the mistake one day of saying, Mike, what exactly do you do? It sounded like, y'all remember Charlie Brown's mother? Wah, 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 wah. I didn't understand anything that he said, okay? So he's like some big computer geek genius. And so whenever the Lord would speak something to me, I would, I would share it with him, and he would give me a different perspective on it. And he said, he said, this is what tipping point looks like. He said, if we were to go out and lift something really, really heavy, he said, this is what we would do. He said, we would get, like, if we're going to go out, say we want to roll a car over. I'm, I'm like, Mike, you're scaring me, okay? But he said, if we want to, like, tip a car over, what we'd have to do is we'd have to get under it, and we would have to lift. And we would have to lift until a certain point where we would have to shift. And then you have to push until a point where that heavy object reaches a point where one of two things is going to happen. Either you keep pushing a little harder so it will tip, or it's going to come back on top of you. I think the church is in that point. I think our nation is in that point. We've lifted it. We've been shifting. We've lifted through prayer. We've shifted through prophetic decrees. We've been shifting by, by prophetic acts. We've been pushing in the spirit. But I'm telling you, we are at a critical point in time. We're at a critical point in time. But understand this. <laughs> at the tipping point, something amazing happens. If you push until it hits the tipping point, something happens. Suddenly, everything that has been working against you begins to work for you. Up until that point, gravity's working against you. But at the tipping point, something happens, and the gravity that has worked against you suddenly begins to work for you. I tell you, I believe that we're in a tipping point season right now. In the church, I believe we're at a tipping point season in this state. I believe that we're at a tipping point season in this nation. And I believe that we cannot afford to lose focus about what God's called us to do. Watchmen have become weary. I had a, I had a dream, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of close the, this, this teaching part, and we're going to move into some ministry, because I just really, I believe that there is a, impartation and an anointing for breakthrough for the watchmen and the intercessors that are here tonight. But I had a, I had a dream back in the summer last year. And in the dream, my husband was in, in the dream, I had a vision in the dream. So in other words, I was in my dream, but I was having a vision about what was coming. And I saw uh, an attack of the enemy a group of attackers that were coming, and they came to attack my husband. My husband is an apostle, um, uh, uh, wears a mantle of an apostle, prophet to the nations, and he, he's a reformer. And I believe that this really speaks of those that are pressing forward with reformation, those that are pressing forward with apostolic prophetic strategy to bring the nation into where God wanted to, to, wants to bring us. But in the dream, I saw these attackers come and attack him. And what they did is they stripped the shirt off of his back and they spread this green poison on his back 
And then they took this metal rod and started beating him on his back until he broke and died. This was the vision that I had in my dream. When I came out of the vision, I told my husband, we alerted the authorities, and the authorities said, nope, it's got to come, and we'll capture them when they come. And so when, when these attackers came, the authorities were in place, which I believe is, uh, are the authorized, the, those that are authorized in authority to break, the anoint, to break the yoke of the enemy. Okay? And the attackers came, they captured the attackers, took the attackers outside, stripped the shirt off the attacker's back, and took the rod out of their hand and put it in our hand. And we began to beat the back of our enemy. I'm sorry if that's a little violent for some of you. A little bit of insight into how I dream. <laughs> My husband says it's, it's dangerous to sleep with me sometimes, okay? Doing spiritual warfare all night long, okay? So... The interesting and the key to this dream is this. I knew the name of the attacker that was leading the attack. And his name was Rabshakeh. R-A-B-S-H-A-K-E-H. I'm spelling because I see note takers. Rabshakeh. I woke up from the dream and I thought, who in the world is Rabshakeh? Sounded like a reggae band to me, honestly, okay? <laughs> Did not know what it was, okay? I got in the word and find out that Rabshakeh is right there in scripture. Who was Rabshakeh? Does anybody here know who Rabshakeh is? Anybody here? Okay. Just a couple hands. Let me help you understand what the assignment of the enemy. See, I'm a watchman. So I'm here tonight to expose the plan of the enemy and to break you free. How many recognize we're in a birthing season? God wants to birth some new things. And yet in... Isaiah 37, verse 3 and 4, King Hezekiah makes this statement. He says, have the children come to the birth, but there is not strength to bring it forth. And it's within the context of that scripture that we find this attacker named Rabshakeh. Who is Hezekiah? First of all, Hezekiah was a reformer. He turned people's hearts back to God. He reestablished temple worship. He overthrew the altars of Baal. He was a righteous reformer. And it says of Hezekiah, everything he did was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. That is such a huge scripture. Everything he did was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And yet... As king of Jerusalem, Judah and Israel had split at this point. Israel had gone off into idolatry. Now Hezekiah is king over Judah, reigning in Jerusalem. And even though he was a reformer, even though he was turning hearts back to God, even though everything he did was pleasing in the sight of the Lord, yet still he found the city of Jerusalem besieged. By one of the cru most cruel, violent kings that the earth has ever seen. His name was Sennacherib. Sennacherib was the king of Assyria. And he had just wiped out 46 cities of Israel. And he used to do horrible tortures. He would devise different torturous plans 
against the people he was conquering. And whenever he would leave a conquered city, he would leave piles of hundreds of heads at the gate of the city. As a warning to the next city, don't bother resisting me. Sennacherib to me, when I read about him, is a personification of the devil himself. And it was about Sennacherib that the prophet Isaiah wrote these words. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I want you to say that personalized. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Because I believe that the enemy is, has a devised, a concerted effort, especially against those who are moving forward with reformation. Let me make this point, though. A lot of people think, well, if you're hitting challenges, if you're hitting besiegement, if you're being in any way attacked or assaulted by the enemy, then it is some, in some way your fault that you did something wrong. And I want to just come and strike that down right now because the word says everything Hezekiah did was right in the sight of the Lord. I feel like the enemy's been beating up on some of you lately, telling you that you're in your situation. Now listen, if you've committed sin, then repent. But sometimes the enemy comes just by virtue of trying to get in the way of what God wants to do. And so, Sennacherib besieged Jerusalem. And it seemed like a hopeless situation. Now, what they would do is they would send out an envoy, send out an ambassador to negotiate the terms of surrender. And the name of the negotiator, the mouthpiece of Sennacherib, or the mouthpiece of the devil, his name was Rabshakeh. Rabshakeh means chief prince. And I believe it's a prince that we're dealing with in this nation today. Rabshakeh, rather than privately negotiating with the envoys of King Hezekiah, he ran and he stood up on the wall in Jerusalem. And this is what he did. He began to fill the atmosphere with his accusation. He began to say, don't think your God's going to save you. Don't think there's any hope for you. If you will surrender, I will treat you well in your captivity. Isn't that what the devil, he wants you to make a peace treaty with him. Don't you dare make a peace treaty. Watchmen, intercessors, don't you dare make a peace treaty with the devil. If you've made one, get out of it right now. Matter of fact, there should be watchmen here that have made a peace treaty with the devil and they've ended up losing their gift and their calling altogether because they were so afraid of the devil. Actually, what, what, what Rabshakeh actually ended up saying is, he said, your God sent me here to destroy you. He prophesied. Come on, why do we need to learn to prophesy? Because the devil prophesies. And when the devil prophesies to you, you need to prophesy right back at him. And so in this scenario, we understand that what he did is he filled the atmosphere. And Hezekiah had given a word. He said, don't answer him, not a word. Don't say a word. Rabshakeh came and he came back once. He came back twice. And each time he filled the atmosphere. What was he trying to do? He was trying to get in their heads. And I will tell you, 
over the last six to eight months, I have had to deal with more situations where the enemy came to bombard people with negative thoughts, accusatory thoughts, trying to get in the heads of God's people. And his whole goal is to get you to give up, get you to back off, and get you to quit. Get you to take a step back off the cutting edge. I preach with my toes hanging off a step. Have y'all noticed that? I've never fallen. But I, I like the cutting edge. But there are times in my life, I will confess to you, that the enemy has backed me off. And I will tell you that about a month after I had this dream, and I'll finish explaining the rest of the dream. But see, in the dream, the enemy spread poison. And then he beat the back. The back is where we carry our burden. The back is where we carry our strength. Have the children come to birth and there's not strength to bring it forth? About a month after I had this dream, I got an ear infection, double ear infection, and I got vertigo. I was a true dizzy blonde, okay? It was, it was awful. Has anybody here ever had vertigo? It was really awful. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to crawl in my house. And so all I could really do is just sit for several days while the ear infection healed and, and so that I could walk straight again and not look like a drunk, okay? And while I'm sitting there trying to heal, here comes the voice of the enemy. And I knew it was the voice of the enemy, but it was one of the most relentless assaults that I've ever gone through. And the enemy would say, you're not a prophet. You don't hear from heaven. What makes you think you, you do what you do? Last year, I got to raise somebody from the dead. The enemy says to me, you think you raised somebody from the dead? You can't even pray for your own ear infection. You're weak. You have no authority. You have da-da-da-da. How many have ever been through that kind of a mental onslaught? Only three of you? Has, who here has been through? How many of you have been through this like the last six or eight months? You feel like there's just been a relentless voice that's been attacking. You don't have to raise your hand if that's not you. But if that's you, I want to see who you are. Put your hand up again. Look around the room. When it's this many people, it's not just you. I went to my husband, and I will tell you my reaction. I was so ashamed for weakness. You know, I, I, I've moved in the prophetic for all these years, but I will tell you, I felt so weak. I felt so beaten down. And I, my husband prayed for me. I went and I talked to my elders, and my elders prayed for me. Listen, if you've been trying to... In the story, Rabshakeh was relentless. I want you to know I got set free. And I am on a mission to get you set free. Because it, it, it can't stop. And I've noticed the people that the enemy is attacking are people that have a cutting-edge mantle on their life. That the enemy is so terrified of the damage that we're going to do to his kingdom in this next season of time. 
I've talked to more pastors that have gone through exactly what I described. I've talked to more apostolic leaders that have gone through what I've described. The enemy picks a weakness and hammers on it to hammer you down. In the story, Hezekiah goes before the Lord. And, and Rabshakeh had written letters and he laid the letters on the altar of the Lord. And he began to cry out and pray. See, he started to lift through prayer. Then he, he, he went out and he gathered the people and he said, listen. And he gave this, he gave the, he said, do not be afraid because there are more that are with us than are with them. Remember what Elisha said to his servant? Well, Hezekiah said it to the people of Israel. In a day that they were surrounded by an estimated two to 300,000 Assyrian warriors. So you remember that scripture I just told you? No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Are your eyes opening, church? Are you beginning to understand that this is really not just about you? It's not about your failures. It's not about your weaknesses. It's about the assignment of the enemy that wants to get you out of place so that you can't be effective in this critical hour that we are now in. In the, in the, the story, and this is Isaiah chapter 37, you can read it, or for 2 Kings um, 18, what happened is that as he was praying and crying out to God, Isaiah, the prophet, comes along. And Isaiah begins to prophesy. And he says this. He says, don't worry, king. Not one arrow of the enemy is going to fly in this city. And he begins to prophesy deliverance. And he begins to prophesy. Listen, they're surrounded again, let me say it again, by two to 300,000 troops. And their situation looks hopeless. How many understand that just a couple years ago, the situation in this nation looked absolutely hopeless. But have you seen things beginning to turn? Have you seen voices of righteousness rising up in this land? Have you seen God begin to, to shift some things? Come on. It's because there's been a cry that's come up from the people of God. And because prophets have been prophesying, it's because God's people have been making decrees. And when Isaiah began to decree, he said, not one arrow is going to come here as a matter of fact. Rabshakeh is going to hear a rumor. And he's going to chase after it and be destroyed. Let me give you another level to what I believe Rabshakeh is. I believe Rabshakeh is the spirit behind all the fake news. And by the media manipulation that's going on in this nation. What did Rabshakeh do? He filled the atmosphere and he got in their heads. We've got to understand, church, that it's not just about us getting broken free from this spirit, but we've got to break the, the power of this spirit, which is why I believe God wants to raise up the watchman in Satellite Beach because it's going to bring a jamming of the communication signals of the kingdom of darkness. It's going to begin to throw a, a wrench into his plans. It's going to begin to pull down his false communications out of the heavenly realms that has been controlling the hearts and the lives and the minds of so many. Come on, how many of you have almost even felt a separation in your family because of media. Don't let, don't let this garbage separate your family. But we've got to recognize that there is a permeating, saturating 
Rabshakeh spirit that's controlling the narrative. It's defining the battle. And I say, as God's prophetic people, as God's watchmen and intercessors, it is our job to, co to control the communication lines. It is our job to define the narrative. It is our job to decree what heaven wants to say and what earth needs to receive in this season of time. And I'm just bold enough to believe that God will shift things if we will position ourselves. Listen to what he said. Rabshakeh, <laughs> Rabshakeh will hear a rumor and chase after it. Can I just be real real without being political here? Have you watched what's happened in the media for the last two months? Covington Catholic kids. They hear a rumor, they chase after it, they look like fools. The Jesse Smollett thing. Controlling a narrative. Russian collusion. I'm just saying, he's been trying to define a battle, trying to define a narrative. We've got to be wiser than that. We've got to be watchmen. And let me just say, we've got, to, we've got to recognize it goes both ways. Okay? We've got to have ears to hear. Rabshakeh ended up hearing a rumor. He went chasing that rumor, and he ended up dead. God has a plan for Rabshakeh. Then he said, don't worry. The prophet said, don't worry. I will, God says, I will deal with Sennacherib. You're going to find that he's going to flee home the same way that he came, and when he gets there... He's going to meet his death. See, why, what was happening? I want you to understand the dynamic here. He was lifting through prayer. He was shifting through prophetic decrees and prophecy. But then the big push came as Isaiah began to release that. Because listen, Isaiah 30, 31 says this. The voice of the Lord shatters the Assyrian. It shatters Sennacherib. It shatters Rabshakeh. When you hear the voice of the Lord, it shatters the enemy. Now listen. With his scepter, he will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on the back of the enemy with his punishing rod. Remember my dream? Every stroke the Lord lays on the back of the enemy with his punishing rod will be to the music of tambourines and harps as he fights them in battle with the blows of his arm. Our praise is a weapon. Come on, we finally got the whole church singing it. Our praise is a weapon. It's going to move past our mouths into our spirit to realize that when we praise, it's not just about us blessing our soul or it's about blessing the Lord. It's about the fact that our praise is a weapon. Hmm. So I'll finish this story. Here's how it ends. That night after Isaiah prophesied, God sent one angel. Everybody say one angel. God sent one angel down, and that angel instantly killed 185,000 Assyrians. One angel. I would have thought it would take like an angel army 
No, no, no. God sent one angel down. And the angel went. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, church, let's declare it. This is how I fight my battles. <laughs> Woo! This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Let's stand to our feet. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. <laughs> it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. I think I'm too low, so if you need to bring me up. Battles. This is how I fight my Now listen, if you feel like there has been, first of all, I'd like all the pastors just to come down here. Pastors, apostolic leaders, I want you guys just to come down because I believe that we need to fortify you during this season of time. Just come all the way, if you don't mind, come all the way up to the step because I'm going to kind of layer people in behind us. But I believe, just I want to hear... I want to hear from, just see the pastors. You don't, really don't have to raise your hand if this has not been you, but how many of you have been under a similar kind of attack where the enemy has hit your heads, okay? <laughs> any of you, any of y'all haven't been, because maybe y'all should be up here praying for people instead of me, okay? No, actually, I've got victory over this thing. I'm serious. I've got victory over this. Now, anybody else that feels like you've been affected by that spirit, I want you just to come and just stand in this front area. We're going to declare this again, but here's what we're going to do. As we're lifting our hands up, we're going to pray in the Spirit. Because you see what happens when we pray in the Spirit. All right, so all the rest of you, just, just come in and just stand behind the pastors. Find a place to stand behind them. If you've not been under that attack, that's good. You don't have to come. But I want your hands stretched towards those that are here. Because I believe that God's releasing a fresh commissioning over the watchmen tonight. So that we can watch and we can pray. So that we can know how to fight our battles. So that we can know how to move forward in this season of time. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray in the Spirit. Because see, I believe that when we pray in tongues, 1 Corinthians 13 says, you may be speaking in the language of men, or you may be speaking in the language of angels. Angels are sent to assist those who are to inherit salvation. And when I was praying this afternoon, I felt like the Lord said, I want to send an army of angels down into the state of Florida from the top to the bottom, from the north to the south, from the east to the west, all the way down to Key West. Anybody here from Key West? Anybody go to Key West? You do? Okay. 
So you're going to have the, the job to go down and, and be Obadidim and keep the south gate, okay? Make some decrees, all right? Because I believe that God wants to send angels down because Florida's a forerunner state. I do not believe that God is done with the United States of America. I believe that we have a covenant with the Most High that started when they landed on the beaches near St. Augustine. They covenanted this land to God. <laughs> so we're going to pray in the Spirit. And as we're praying in the Spirit, we're going to break off this assignment of the devil. And we're going to pray because I believe that when we pray in tongues, sometimes we're praying angelic tongues that God is giving angels orders. Psalms 91 says he shall give his angels orders concerning you, charge concerning you, to keep you in all your ways. I believe that to fight this next battle, we've got to show up for the battle. But when we show up, God's going to send angels down to fight with us, to fight for us, just like he did. Hezekiah. Can we just lift our hands? Let's just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, send down your warriors. Send down your warriors, oh God. Send down your warriors, oh God, to the I-4 uh, I corridor. Send down your warriors, God, to South Florida. Send down your warriors, God, to the Panhandle. Send down your warriors, God, to the Forerunner straight State, Father God, to fight for us, oh God, to fight for us, oh God. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, God, that heaven is fighting for us. Heaven is fighting for us, oh God. Now, Lord, I break off every spirit of confusion. Right now, God, I break the spirit of confusion. I break the spirit of accusation. And I break the spirit of weariness, God. The spirit of hopelessness. I break it off right now in the name of Jesus. And we command the voice of the enemy to be silent now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That assignment that's been sent to wear out the righteous. That spirit that has been sent to get the warriors off the front lines. To get the watchmen blinded. Like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. <laughs> it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, we're declaring it. Like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. We declare this over Florida. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you.
This is how I fight my battles. 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 Every stroke the Lord lays on the back of the enemy with his punishing rod will be to the music of tambourines and harps and pianos and drums and guitars and cellos. As he fights them in battle with the blows of his arm. Come on, God wants to fight for us tonight. Come on, God wants to fight for us tonight. God wants to do the miracle that you need, the miracle you need for your family, the miracle you need for your finances so we can get out of survival prayers and break us into revival prayers. Come on, God wants to break us out of besiegement and into the spirit of breakthrough where we're busy about advancing the kingdom. So let's declare it one more time. Let's declare it to the heavens. Declare it, Lord. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my of the Lord shatters the enemy and the Spirit of the Lord says tonight I am shattering off of your backs the heavy burden the enemy has set there to wear you out and wear you down the Lord says that I am arising as the miracle working God I am arising to do the miracle that you've been crying out to me for for your family for your health for your finances so the Lord says so that I can refocus your eyes on that battle which is ahead and I'm going to take you out of just fighting personal battles says the Lord for you're gonna find I'm bringing you into an accelerated season of victory I'm bringing you into an accelerated season of triumph the Lord says that you're going to begin to see the things that you've been crying out to me for because the Lord says we need to shift gears. We need to shift gears for the battle that is ahead. Now the Lord says tonight, I'm opening fresh the eyes of the watchers. I'm opening fresh the eyes of the spiritual watchmen. And if you want a fresh mantle of the prophetic watchman, that Shamar anointing, I want you to lift your hands high. Father, throughout this place, God, we want to be those that know how to watch and pray. We want to be those, Father God, that are watchmen that are set on the wall, watchmen that are set on the hill. Father God, I thank you, God, for an increase in Chose prophet, Shamar prophet, Roe prophet, 
a Nabi prophet, Father God, an increase in a new prophetic mantle, a double portion prophetic mantle, God, because the voice of the Lord will shatter the enemy, Father. We thank you, God, tonight, Lord, whatever level we've operated in, in hearing your voice before, God, you're taking us to a whole new place, Father. You're taking us to a new place of discernment. You're taking us to a new clarity in processing the revelation that we receive. And Father, you're giving us supernatural strategies that we can implement even in our own cities, Father God, that are going to cause the breakthrough to come. The truth of the matter is, God, is it may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by you, Lord. And there are more that are with us than are with them. Now, Father, we break the assignment of Rabshakeh. And I thank you, God, that this chief prince is coming down. Lord, you're sending jamming signals in the communication devices of the enemy to jam their communication. In the name of Jesus, reach over and just touch somebody. Father, I bless Ken and Cheryl right now, Father God. Lord, is the point of the spear of this new watchman call. Father God, is this new watchman assignment. And the Spirit of the Lord says, son and daughter, I want you to know that I'm increasing you in your prophetic level. I'm increasing you, particularly in dreams and visions over this next season. And I'm going to increase you in the Issachar mantle that's upon your life to be able to know the times, but then also know how to strategically align the church so that the church knows how to respond to the times so that we can come into breakthrough. And the Lord says that I'm breaking both of you free from those <laughs> harassing spirits. It's all I can call them is just harassing spirits. I feel like a lot of the pastors have just been dealing with harassing spirits. One little thing after the next. So, Father, I just decree a breakthrough, Father God, off these pastors, these apostolic leaders, these prophets and apostles. Lord, we loose them right now, Father God. There's a fresh mantle coming on them, God. They've been contending. Now, Father God, there's a new release that's coming from heaven, Father. I loosen upon these people in the name of Jesus. What's Augustine. So the Lord says, son, I want you to know that I have given, I've given you even a fresh assignment to redig the wells of covenant. Even though you've done it before, the Lord says, do it again. Because it's a new season and there's going to be a, 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 a house of watchers. I don't want to call it a house of prayer, a house, a watchman house, a house of watchers that I'm going to raise up in the Tallahassee area because it is the foundation governmental city for the nation. And the Lord says that I'm bringing you into a fresh revelation about what that, how that's going to unfold. And the Lord says that there has been a, a, a very difficult situation with the spirit of religion that's been over that city that has tried to stamp out the prophetic voices that has tried to crush the prophetic spirit over that city and the lord says son uh, james and tom the lord says that i'm sending you home with a new breaker anointing and i'm sending you home with eyes to see and ears to hear, you're going to see in the realm of the Spirit like you've never seen before. You're going to see the principalities. You're going to see the angelic armies. You're going to see the plans and purposes of heaven because I am mantling you fresh and anew for a new day, declares the Spirit of God. Tallahassee. Father, I bless this leader from Tallahassee. The Lord says, Eli, I want you to know 
that I took you through your own breaking. I took you through your own narrow place. I took you through your own time where you felt like at one point you were in what some describe as the dark night of the soul. But the Lord said, son, it was because out of that place of breaking, I would make you a man of breakthrough. And out of that place, says the Lord, even of crushing, the Lord says, son, you would become one that would crush the head of the enemy. And the Lord says, son, that this is a fresh season of favor, governmental favor upon you in your city. And to a certain degree, you've remained hidden for my time and my season. I've kept you hidden as you've been in your process. I've kept you hidden, says the Lord, even through this last season of time. And the Lord says, son, I began to download healing into your heart, into your life. The Lord says, I began to download healing even into your family. Your family actually ended up experiencing uh, just a lot of junk from a lot of people that said they were believers and then it really rocked their world. The Lord says, I've decreed healing over your family. I've decreed healing even over the church. And the Lord says, son, you're rising up as a man of healing, a man of breakthrough. You're rising up as a man of authority, says the Lord. I heard somebody say one time, I don't want to follow anybody that doesn't have any scars because it means they've never been to battle and the Lord says son I want you to know you've been to battle but I also want you to know that I'm turning the curse to a blessing for you says God and I'm causing the flood of heaven to come over you and you're going to experience a download and a downpour of the Holy Ghost anointing says the Lord that is going to transcend the church and it's going to touch uh, the, uh, all the way into the capital again the Lord says it's time for capital prayer again it's time, says the Lord, for that governmental prayer. And you'll be a part, says the Lord, of raising up the watchmen in that city, says the Lord, that need to come forth. There are prophets in that city that are hiding in caves because Jezebel put them there. <laughs> and you had your own little tangle with Jezebel. Tried to shut you up and shut you down. And the Lord says, son, louder now. Louder. Louder. Stronger. Bolder. Decree it and watch me do it, says the Spirit of God. Lord, I loose the anointing upon this man of God. Lord, I thank you, God, for the, for the flow of the Holy Ghost, Father, all over him. In the name of Jesus. Father, I bless these leaders from Vieira. And the Spirit of the Lord says, son and daughter, that I've got you actually in a, in a full shift season. The Lord says that it's a full shift season. You're actually feeling the stirrings of some, some real kind of real dimensional change that I'm bringing to you, says the Lord. Um, the Lord says that I've, I'm taking you through a season of downshifting. Um, it's like when a car is going 90 miles to nothing, and then it's got to take a curve. It's got a downshift. And the Lord says in the midst of this downshift, it feels like there's been scattering. It feels like there's been some people that have not understood the path. There's been some people that have kind of stirred up some criticism. The Lord just says, son and daughter, don't let that rock you. Don't let it influence you. You've heard me. You know the shift that you need to make, says the Lord. Uh, it won't be popular with everyone, but the Lord says, I want you to know that those that want to hold on to the old way, I'll let them hold on to the old way. They'll just do it in a different place, says God. But I will bring you those that are so hungry to be reformers, so hungry to bring change, so hungry to see that the awakening come. The Lord says, son and daughter, you've heard me. Now move forward with that which I've spoken, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Amen. I want to pray for AJ. Stretch your hands out to this man of God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this man. And the Lord says, son, 
You are a David warrior prophet, says God. I put a Davidic mantle upon you. I put a prophet's mantle upon you. And the Lord says, son, you have a unique way of hearing the sounds of heaven and beginning to uh, release them even in the earth. And the Lord says, son, you felt like a few years ago you went to hell and back because that spirit of Saul that was in your city tried to kill you. And the Lord says, just like Saul sought David out and thought he would kill that David anointing kill that kingship anointing kill that royal anointing did I not deliver David out of his hand and the day came when Saul was no longer a threat and I brought David fully in to the promise now the Lord says here's the thing son you've been faithful even when Saul tried to kill you you were faithful And you paid a price that nobody here even knows about. You paid a personal price. You paid a price with your family. You paid a financial price. And you paid a price with your soul because you wanted to be like David to do it right when everybody else did it wrong. And then your heart's cry was, God, I want to do it right. Whether everybody else does it right or not, God, I want to do it right. And the Lord says, son, I want you to understand I was forming David in those years. I was getting him ready to be a good king. And the Lord says, son, I've been forming you. Every, every bit of hell you've been through has been for my divine purposes. Every bit of hell that you've been through, says the Lord, is getting ready to come into your reward. And the Lord says, son, it's time. I brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. I brought you into my kingdom, says the Lord, to be a forerunner. To be a forerunner, says the Lord. To be a voice of my kingdom. And the Lord says, son, where you've written some songs in the past, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to bring you into a season of prophetic download. You're going to write the sounds, write the songs of heaven. And they're not just going to be worship songs. They're going to be sounds of war. They're going to be songs of contending. Because you're going to lead my people in places of war and warfare, says the Lord. That is going to break them out of every place. You're going to sing songs of deliverance. That is going to set the captive free. And you're going to sing songs of deliverance over territories. You'll sing over the land. You'll sing over the land. And the land will respond. Father, I thank you, God, that you're moving heaven and earth for this man, God. You're moving heaven and earth to get him in the right place at the right time. God, you're moving heaven and earth, Father God, to close out one old season in his life, God, to bring him into a time of promise fulfilled, Father God, a time when your word is breaking out. Father, we loose that over him now, God. And we thank you, God. You're breaking the way open. God, you're going to make it plain. You're going to make it clear. And Father God, there's going to be financial uh, release that's going to come to him, Father God. That He's going to walk by faith. But Father God, there's going to be financial release every step along the way. The Lord says, son, well done. Lord says, son, I'm proud of you. Because it was hard. But the Lord says, son, you're going to see the fruit of your labor. Let's thank the Lord for this man of God. Amen. I want to do something both with the people that are here and the people that are out there. We're going to activate you in the prophetic. See, I can, I can go and flow for the next 30 minutes. I know a lot of people here want a word, but we just released a prophetic anointing on you. Okay, I'm going to be prophesying the next couple of days. And here's what I want us to do. I want you to turn around and find one person that is not your husband or your wife. One person that's not your husband and your wife, and join hand-to-hand -hand with them. Turn and...
Okay. So has everybody got somebody? It's one-on-one. -on -one. Does everybody have a partner? If you don't have a partner, raise your hand. We want to match you up with somebody. We got a, a guy in the sound booth. Sound men need love from God too. So cameramen need love. So if there's anybody, how about you guys back there in the, in the booth? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a moment and we're going to activate that prophetic anointing that we just released to you. Okay. And we're going to stir it up and we're going to put a demand on that anointing to give a word will bless and build the person's life that you're holding hands of right now. Okay. Now, the first thing I want you to do is look at the mouth of the hand of the person that you're holding. And I'm going to ask this question. Are you a born-again member of the body of Christ? If so, say amen. If they didn't say amen, you can lead them to the Lord right now, okay? You got them. Just lead them to the Lord right now, okay? All right, so did your partner say amen? All right, so you've got a hold of the church, right? That means that Jesus has something he wants to say to the church, right? Now, we're living in the day that if God wants to speak, thank God a hand does not come out of the wall and start writing on the wall. I don't know about you, but that would freak me out just a little bit, okay? But when God wants to speak today, he uses his body. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a moment. We're going to pray in tongues, okay? We're going to stir up the Spirit of God. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, go ahead and get filled with the Holy Ghost right now, or you can just pray in English. But we're going to pray in tongues for just a minute, and then we're going to go quiet, okay? And we're going to listen to hear. We're going to look to see. God, God's going to release visions to you. God's going to release prophetic words to you that are going to bless your fellow member of the body of Christ. Are you ready? Now, Father, I bind every spirit of fear. God, we recognize, Father God, that we have your anointing. We have your spirit. We have the mind of Christ. So, Lord, we loose that anointing right now tonight in Jesus' name. Just begin to pray in tongues. Begin to stir up the spirit of God. Stir your spirit, man up. Stir your spirit, man up. Okay, now let's bring it all down. Let's bring it all down and let's just be real quiet. Okay, shut your eyes. Shut yourself in with God. No ministry yet. Just listen to hear, look to see. Put up your spiritual antennas and say, say God, what is it that you want to say to this person? edification, exhortation, comfort, a word that builds. Just be it may just be a slight in, slight impression. Just tune your ear in just another few seconds. Okay, open up your eyes, smile so they know you got something good. Okay, let me give you let me give you a couple more instructions. Okay, it's gonna get really loud in here in just a minute, so we're gonna get real close to each other, mouth to ears, so that we can hear what the other person's saying. Um, 
And what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to share. We're going to say, this is what I got. This is what I saw. This is what I heard. We don't have to say, yea, thus saith the Lord, okay, to make it God. I promise you that if you miss it tonight, we're not going to take you into the parking lot and stone you as a false prophet, okay? This is an activation, all right? But we're believing that God has a depth of the word of the Lord that's in this house. There's so many watchmen, intercessors in this house, so many prophetic people in this house. God's got powerful words for each one of you. So go ahead and in just a moment, I'm going to release you to minister. If the person that you're holding hands with says, I didn't get anything, I want you to say to them, if you thought you might have something, what do you think it was? Because sometimes it's just a very slight impression. So my encouragement to you tonight is dare to share. Dare to share. Okay? Do you give this person permission to practice on you? Say amen. Okay? <laughs> Now listen, there's going to be a release of anointing because we've taken you to a higher level prophetically tonight. So I want you to have an expectation. Push in, press into the revelation. Okay, go ahead and get close together. One of you say, I'll go first. And then you guys go ahead and minister to one another. Amen.
It's going to take about 30 seconds more and let you finish up. shout of praise. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for freedom. Let's do this one more time. Lift your hands up. I want you to shake off every bit of weariness. I want you to shake off every bit of confusion. I want you to shake it off right now. And Father, I loose the joy of the Lord to be their strength. The joy of the Lord to be their strength. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. incredible night thanks so much Jane thanks so much Jesus thank you for what you're doing I'm excited about this this is this is revolutionizing Florida here listen guys we're gonna be back in the morning at 9 a.m. don't forget that it's gonna be a powerful time Dutch is flying in tomorrow he'll be here tomorrow night Saturday morning we bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We'll see you tomorrow.